This is ContraCast, the show about tech, gadgets, games, and general geekiness. Welcome back to ContraCast. This is episode 27 for March 4th, 2010. With me tonight are my venerable hosts, other than me, Mike Pulaski and John Kwiatkowski. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Paul. Fantastic. John, how about you? I'm doing fantastic. That was original. <laughs> John's always original, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, so we, we don't have a lot of topics tonight, but we have a lot of talking to do. So, for starters, um, last week, the Bloom... Energy company announced these uh, Bloom Energy servers. Would that be related to Bloom Grocery Store? <laughs> no, unfortunately. Uh, or fortunately, I'm not sure. Maybe. I maybe they own it. I've never been in a Bloom Energy Grocery Store. I've never heard of it. Energy Bloom Grocery Store. Store. <laughs> energy. <laughs> energy. Energy. Grocery Store that sells energy. Exactly. <laughs> so, basically, what this is is a parking lot sized box that produces 100 kilowatts of energy. Now, Wow, for you, that, that's a lot of energy. It is a lot. Now the thing is, um, I wrote a I wrote a summarized post for Brian Dunaway's SciFiAndGadgets.com, um, and I will link that in the show notes so you can go and learn a little more. And because I wrote the article, <laughs> um, and also to the Wikipedia page, but these energy servers are constructed of a number of smaller servers. Basically, um, they create first a twenty-five kilowatt fuel cell. Um, and from there, they put those together to form a one kilowatt stack. Now, a one kilowatt stack is around the size of, I don't know, a toaster or a little smaller. Maybe, a, maybe if you think of a four pack of Monster Energies, that is the size of a stack. And a stack can power a average American home, although some houses need a little more energy. Um, Mm-hmm. You can combine stacks to form a module that is 25 kilowatts, which is like a small business, you know, like Starbucks kind of operation. Uh-huh. You combine four modules to create a system, which is 100 kilowatts, and that is enough to power a 30,000-square-foot office building or 100 average U.S. homes. And then from there, you can create, um, you know, 100... You can create solutions and... uh I cannot read that. There are 100 kilowatts to um, megawatts, I guess. Something like that. Yes, megawatts. That that makes sense. Yeah. So from there, and so companies like Google and eBay are already using these um, at their respective headquarters, I think, and definitely server farms they have. And I am very much intrigued with this. Now, right now, my my question with this, Paul. Yeah, yeah. My question is, they say the input to this is... um, or is that the name for the second one? Hmm? It was fuel and air. Yes. What fuel are they talking about? Um, it looks to be. Let me let me jump down. A is they reusable fuel? No, I don't think so. The the okay. to make clean, reliable energy affordable to everyone in the world, they are using basic natural gas. You but you choose what input they said. So you choose the cheapest fuel possible. Um, okay, so it would be like a multi-fuel depending on where you are. So yeah. say if we're in Canada, you use like petroleum because they have tons if, of it. 
Yeah, but if so... You try to die a natural gas which comes out of the ground around the landfill. Exactly. Okay, uh, that makes sense. So basically, I mean, this looks interesting, to say the least. It's uh, Currently, the pricing is pretty high. Um, it's around $3,000 for a one kilowatt box and 700 to 800000 for a 100 kilowatt. Now, the thing is, though, that if you pay for that, this lasts about 10 years. So the box has a three to five year payback period. So if you, you know, if you buy it and then over the next couple of years, you, you pay back the energy cost, you know, if you were to factor in the monthly cost, and then you're basically running off of the same energy for the next, you know, five to seven years. Mm-hmm. That's pretty now, cool. say, how many homes did again it would power? Hmm? One server powers around a hundred homes. Now that that's a hundred U.S. homes. Yeah. But in like a third world country, that could be like. Oh yeah. An entire city block slash uh, primitive hospital. Primitive. I mean, a country. Primitive. <laughs> third world countries have primitive hospitals. Primitive hospitals. certainly. Move around. What's that? They could have used these in Haiti to move around to a disaster zone. I don't know how mobile they are, but... but I mean, if you could say you could fit one like the back of an 18-wheeler truck. Yeah. You know. I, I really like the idea of it. Yeah, I think I wrote I wrote today that I think the price needs to come down a little bit um, for them to gain a little more widespread uh, use. As of now, I mean, companies Bank of America, Coca-Cola, Google, eBay, FedEx, Walmart, Staples, and one other I've never heard of, Partnered with them uh, uh-huh. to you know bring their bring <laughs> to bring the boxes to them and you know that's pretty cool. I think you know they they say that this is the carbon footprint is fifty percent cleaner than the grid and one hundred percent renewable and you know that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think this is certainly and especially for certain things like you know you don't have to worry about. Um, storms knocking out power if you're using one of these things because your house is its own grid, you know, so that to speak. That is true. And you don't have to have a generator because the thing know, is like its own generator. It is its own generator. Yeah. And now, what's the uh, fuel storage for this like? Hmm? Have they mentioned anything like an underground tank or? I don't think so because they're showing, you know, they're showing you having. I mean, let me let me look it up real quick. Uh, boom. Energy box. Imaging. through it. Yeah, see, these are not, they don't have to have a tank attached to them. They're really small. Um, I'm showing Mike, this is, this, this is the inside. This is like the two plates of a yeah. one. So it's basically, like I said earlier, it's about the size of a four by four. You can probably keep it in your garage. Oh, yeah, definitely. And this, well, especially with these small ones. I mean, you can keep it. I'm going to make it a general assumption that you can keep it in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the point is, they look very cool, and we'll hopefully learn more about them soon. Apparently, they made a big splash on 60 Minutes. Um, but the thing is, I never watched 60 Minutes. Neither does 60 Minutes is not interesting to me. <laughs> I'm sure it's plenty interesting, but I have no occasion to tune into CBS. Sometimes it is. They had a stopwatch gang on there one time. That was good. Yeah. All right, so the second piece of news is personal news, actually. Well, not really personal news, but I bought a domain. Yay. Woohoo! Woo. 
So I am now the proud owner of Paul-Quietkowski.com, and I'm going to be buying Paul Quietkowski as soon as I can. It appears that there's some guy who has been re-upping it every year for the last five years, but has done nothing with the site, and he lives in Philadelphia. Um, so I need to get in touch with him and see if I can buy it when it uh, when it goes up for sale. Because <laughs> um, yeah. I would definitely like that. Be a lot more, uh, a lot better. The problem though is what I'm learning. You can't. I mean, as much as I'd like that website, you know, mm-hmm. you have to build some uh, optimization into it. So, I mean, right now, I'm already, you know, thanks to uh, oh, just to fill you in. Over the last couple of days, I drew a dumb little map of the internet that has gotten pretty popular on Reddit and Unreality Mag and Tumblr. So. Despite being only a week old, I've actually had several thousand hits um, already, which is pretty good for a brand new site. Um, uh-huh. But I was just saying, you know, I had to kind of, I had to do something else to capture that uh, <laughs> when I write a new site <laughs> because uh, this is going to rank pretty high pretty soon. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's a pretty cool site, and I'll link it in the. Well, actually, the show will be up on there. This show is going to be cross-posted a lot of places. Uh, I think four places. That's good. they got plenty of places to go for the show. Nice, nice. Because the thing is, you know, I can't count on people having knowledge of my other sites. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Um, I guess this is kind of unrelated, but uh, downloads are up in iTunes, so that's good. Good. How many downloads for uh, this week? Uh, about 15. Nice, nice. That doesn't sound really good for like a lot, but are. the thing is, that's only iTunes. So when I'm tweeting something out about the show, I'm expecting people to go stream it live or download the file from the website. They don't have to go get it from iTunes. So that's just the iTunes downloads. So I have nice. no idea exactly. Oh, I haven't looked is there a way to easily track like plays on the site? Um, there will be now. I need to find a good, good. plugin to play audio. Um, I, I really should uh, talk to Scott Johnson and see what he's using because I know he keeps track um, and he has a different player than I have. Mm-hmm. But we'll figure it out. So that is all we have for the news for today. And then the primary topic we're going to talk about is the topic of real-time strategy games. Which we all grew up on. Well, at least Paul and I did. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see how much Mike has played on the real-time strategy games. Um, we were going to talk a little bit about Lost, but I don't feel like talking about Lost. Do you, Mike? Nah, not really, and I guess most people that don't even watch Lost would even have a clue. You'd be bored to tears, and I'm sure some <laughs> turn off the show now that they've heard we're doing real-time strategy games. <laughs> yes, um, we are. <laughs> um, I, I was remembering this topic because I've been... A while ago, I started writing a, a three-part series on my history with video games, and I got two parts out of the way, and, uh... uh yeah. <laughs> probably you started playing. Part is in a blog purgatory right now. <laughs> I need to pray it to safety. Um, but I did just start a blog um, where I'm writing about various influences that have uh, impacted me over time. And I wrote about Age of Empires, and so I was definitely thinking about that when we were deciding to do this as a topic. Um, but real-time strategy games. So, John, I'm going to let you be the first person to talk. What was the earliest uh, real-time strategy game you played? Um, I'm thinking it was Age of Empires 1. All right. Mike? I'm thinking that... Oh, go on. Um, 
That's the first one I can really remember playing well, because we played it so much. And, um, it was excellent. Hazel, uh, it's consumed thousands of hours of my lifetime. Thousands of hours? <laughs> thousands well, if, you of add, hours. if you add all the time, I don't think it's consumed thousands of hours. You never know, Mike. Hit slash play and figure out. Uh, I, I don't want to know. No. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, it, you know, hundreds of hours, if not thousands, have been consumed playing that game. Well, alright, so, Mike, what was, have you played many real-time strategy games? Um, I have not, sadly, um, I'm not much of a strategy game player. I'm sure I have played one, and I'm trying to think of Well, we've got a name. We've got Dawn of War now. Yeah, I have played Dawn of War. Well, we'll go to me, then. I think, I cannot remember the very first one. I remember playing, uh, Command and Conquer on the Nintendo 64. And that might have been the first one. But Age of Empires 1 was probably the first big one that I got into. Oh, yeah. It's funny, looking back, Age of Empires 1, um, it uh, it was not wholly original. I mean, it certainly copied a lot of aspects from games like Warcraft, Warcraft 2, and Dune. Uh Uh-huh. But it had a huge impact on how people design strategy games for the next number of years. You know, the, it was the reason that picking up a game like Dawn of War was kind of difficult at first, because it felt so different. Because in, 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 like, Dawn of War, every unit has a very a weakness against something else. And well, I don't mean necessarily... Every, but I mean, well, you're saying go back to Age of Empires. Yeah, yeah. You, you could just get a horde of 100 men and go marching around and take out anything in your path with the same efficiency as... Well, no, everyone everything has a weakness. It's not that. I mean the, the entire structure... Age of Empires works in a method where there are many buildings and many upgrades and many units and all of them. Many whoops. Many, many (laughs) whoops. And they are all controlled individually. So you select a group of 20 people to go in, and each one, you know, you're you're not controlling a squad like you are in some recent games. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if I prefer the single or the squad play. I greatly prefer squad. I'm still torn between them. I, you know, looking back at Age of Empires, though, it's funny, because I, I remember loving the game to death, and and after you play better games, it is a pain to go back and even think about playing that one. Even playing Age of Empires 2 is a vast improvement. Oh, yeah. I can still see myself reinstalling Age of Empires 1 and having a blast with it. It's funny, because I can't. I I guess it's there were certain things about that that, that just did not function for me. For instance, if you tell one of your guys to go and attack an enemy, the enemy always gets the first hit. So if it's a completely yeah. even match, the enemy will always win because he gets the first hit. Um, but I think, you know, after that, um, I played StarCraft and Age of Empires 2, and both of those games were extremely influential. Would you uh-huh. agree? Definitely. Um, I think... Uh, over the long run, to me, Age of Empires 2 was more influential, but that isn't to say that I I didn't have a blast playing StarCraft. Um, yeah, I I need to get I need to get StarCraft and I'll play that a little more. That's another uh, piece of a game I I just can't play right now because uh, <laughs> the resolutions are locked in at either 640 by 480 or 800 by 600, and it looks yeah. extremely pixelated. Oh yeah, but still, it, it's StarCraft. 
Yeah, it's StarCraft, but but just hold on a little bit because StarCraft Two is coming out. Uh, I've been, I've been watching the videos of playing it, and uh, it looks like StarCraft. I'm looking forward to that <laughs> very much. You know, I would feel like um, StarCraft Two would be a fun game for me to play. I know I haven't played much strategy games, but StarCraft Two. My only reason for not getting into it would be the people who played StarCraft One. Yeah, there's such a huge fan base that I just feel like I would just be dominated the instant I got in. <laughs> I think it's funny. I mean, games like, for instance, I I love um, Company of Heroes. I really love it, but I I cannot play it online. Because I don't, I'm not a person who plays in the way that you have to play to win on that type of game. And uh, what I mean is that I like strategy games because I like to build up and build up and build up, and then I like to go in and and, and then assault with all of your mighty power. I like to go in and win because I have such a you know crushing amount of force. Company of Heroes and StarCraft are games that you have to build up extremely quickly, and and by time you even unlock some of your biggest units, the game is is over. So I've played game like Company of Heroes matches online where it's over before you even get to the ability to build tanks or something. Yeah, you know, and I, I, just, I mean, it's 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 that way almost in like a Dawn of War when I play online because before I've even built half my buildings, there's already assault coming my way. Yeah, and I don't know. I guess pe- there's a certain subset of people who want to get points from these type of games. You know, they want to have their little the star next to their name bump up to two and then to three and so on. Uh-huh. Achievements, kind of. I just don't, you know, if I'm going to... I enjoy I enjoy having a long match where it's not over in five minutes. Well, exactly. That's the thing, is I don't want to... I would rather play a match that lasts for an hour and lose than play a match that lasts for three minutes and win. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the uh, Spectre early on. So, Age of Empires 2 is a big deal, obviously. Oh yeah, that was. I remember we got that. That was so great. That was. I mean, we've had some of our greatest uh, games ever in that. I remember. I will never forget you and Will teaming up against me. Like <laughs> we we would have games that would last like. <laughs> so let me let me set this six hours long. So this is back in a long time ago. Me and Will and John are playing Age of Empires two land in my house, and. John and Will are downstairs, not up in my room, and uh, we're all playing this game. And the the originally we said that we're all going to be our own army. We're all going to fight everyone else. And about an that lasted half, like a half hour. I sent over a group of horsemen and attacked one of John's camps, and a bunch of Will's horsemen came and and fought my guys off. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "What's going on here?" Um, and so over the next. Literally five and a half hours. This was like an epic Lord of the Rings <laughs> style match. I mean, that we just drug things out forever, and uh, it got down to the point. And see, the thing is, I love I loved Age of Empires because um, there was a lot of motivation to start uh, new cities and new towns. And so, yeah, I had like seven cities, and they each had like half the map colonized. And uh, basically, we had to call it a draw because. I had an infinite supply of gold and wood, and I was making, you know, pikemen and light cavalry. And that, that's all you had left. They had like iron and food, and they were making like foot soldiers and something else. And and we just kept, uh, basically, we clashed all the resources and that would die, and then we'd build up a new army, and then we'd clash armies again. Um, 
But but that was so much fun. Uh, I'll never forget the feeling of being completely betrayed when Will Sportsman wrote in and killed me. Um, <clears throat> but moving on from there, I think the next big game was uh, Empire Earth. Oh, that yeah, that one that we played almost as much. Yeah, and that game, I mean, again, looking back, I can see a lot of flaws, but I played that game a whole lot. <laughs> and that yeah. was a lot of fun to strategize in, too. I, I got the gold edition of it. It came with a great um, Prima strategy guide and, and map for all the campaigns. Um, and I had a blast literally sitting there with a pencil and mapping out my plan of action. <laughs> um, that was a lot of fun. Come to think of it, I have played a strategy game. I just forget the name of it. Uh, I didn't play it that much. Um, I think I think it might have been Age of Empires or something like that. Is that what you were talking about? We are just talking yeah. about Age of Empires 2. Oh, okay. Probably I think it was one. Age of Empires 1. It's the difference between those Age of Empires 1, the guys are taller than the buildings. Well, yeah, Age of Empires 1 Age of Empires 2, the they have heights in it. Stone the Age to the Iron Age, and then Age of Empires 2 is the Middle Ages. Yeah. You can go all the way up to nuclear, I think. That's Empire Earth. Yeah, that's and Empire Earth. That's the one I played. I don't, I don't know. I just remember you could go up to nukes. Empire Earth was one I had a blast when you get to, like, the World War One, World War Two era. That you know? was fun, though. It didn't, as far as, you know, each, the, the variety in each age, I, it definitely was a, a distant second to a game like Age of Empires 2. But when you looked at just the, the variety of how each age was different from the next, it was a lot more fun, I think. Um, because there was, there were serious, you know, improvements that we had in each age. And, oh, uh, yeah. You see, the, the, with Empire Earth, like, fighting each other, the, um, one of the main things was to age up as quickly as you could, you know. Yeah. Because if you, if you got, you know, if you got called off, you know, the, uh, turn, basically, you'd be going to battle, and so, you know, you're going in with, like, you know, cannons and, uh, what would they be? Like, Minutemen, and they're coming at you with airplanes, you know? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Over down. And, and, but I like the fact that you could actually pick any, uh, any time period and have a lot of fun. I mean, oh, yeah. the, campaign, the campaign was a lot of fun in that, too, especially the expansion. Yeah, because it went through some of the major battles of wars and such. But it wasn't even just the major. I mean, you played a full campaign that was, um, the, basically like Troy, and, you know, you had to yeah. go assault the Trojans and stuff. So, like, when you have, um, when you have, like, Patton's army, you know, you can build the Shermans. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Going against Panzers, and so and basically you have to send in four Shermans to kill one Panzer. <laughs> That's why I like Company of Heroes more. Yeah. Um, you know, it was close enough to where it was. Now, the next game I have in my little timeline in my head was Warcraft 3. And sadly, I never played a whole lot of Warcraft 3. <clears throat> yeah. And I keep meaning to get Warcraft 3. Because I don't think it's too old now that I couldn't enjoy it. Um, I'll have to look at it after the show. That's, that's what WoW is based off, right? The, well, WoW is based off all of them, but directly off of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting. Um, I'm waiting for the near future for uh, um, Starcraft to get its own MMO, and I don't think that's going to happen yeah. until when. Uh, um, yeah, that won't happen for a while. I doubt if it will, but if it does, it'd be cool. Huh? Well, I mean. I mean, look how big StarCraft is. I mean, once StarCraft 2 comes out, and once, you know, 
uh, Cataclysm is all done with its expansions, maybe in a couple of years. What el- what else is Blizzard going to work on in their next big game? Everyone's going to keep playing WoW. That's what they're they're going to do. They're going to pull a RuneScape and just update the graphics. <laughs> Speaking of which, though, Warcraft Three does not look so bad. I mean, it's not. Oh no, not at all. It's not Company of Heroes or Dawn of War, but it's um. But it still looks great. It's playable compared to Starcraft. So, <clears throat> after that, I'm trying to think of what came next. I think the biggest one I was excited about was Dawn of War, the Warhammer 40,000 yeah. uh, real-time strategy game. Which I've been playing a lot. You know, not like this past week, but the past month I've played it many times. Really, I would never have any idea that you played Dawn of War every <laughs> night. Jason, <laughs> <laughs> down at war with me, please. <laughs> um, Which I, I do ask a lot. I love Dawn of War, though. I think it's, uh, especially, I mean, their expansions are great. Um, it's a great realization of the Warhammer 40,000 universe. Oh, yeah. I think as far as its contribution to the strategy genre, it uh, it's, it's, it stands out quite high. It's made by Relic um, Games Company, which has really become a major player in the strategy market. Um, and it, it did things that other games hadn't done for a long time or, or never did, so... Rather than just collect a resource, you had to basically build a whole point. To put a, you have to put a base on a point or something, and that gains you uh, resources. And rather than controlling single guys, you control squads. And rather than upgrading everything from one point, as in a, a building, you upgrade from within the squad. So you choose, you know, rather than have each squad be the exact same thing, you can have one squad that sits there and they've got anti-troop weapons, and you can have one that has anti-vehicle weapons. And you can even change out your vehicles, so you can have one vehicle that is anti-people and one that's anti-tank or something. And one thing also, that implemented a lot of terrain strategy, too. Yeah, that was a big deal. Because that's got the terrain strategy of where if you have one squad sitting in, like, a, you know, a uh, big ditch or whatnot... Yeah. You can take out five other squads coming at you. And that, that, because you're, you have heavy cover. That's a good game, too. Um, let me finish talking about Dawn of War, though, so we're, we're done with that. I, I have to talk about Dawn of War. I think, um, the biggest thing about that, I mean, it had a fun campaign, and it just, it, I don't know exactly how to say it. It's just a really fun game to play. It's easy to pick up, and it's difficult to master. Um, oh. Yeah, but I think the fact that all the races in it are so vastly different from the next one is is also a big deal, because as far as you know, if you think back to Age of Empires or Empire Earth or whatever, basically everything is the same. Yeah, they just had different names for the units. Well, that, or you had you know your unique unit. Um, uh huh. I had my axe throwers always. Uh huh. <laughs> um, build castle. <clears throat> But Dawn of War is great. But I think the next, I, I think the, the the biggest milestone in the last couple of years for the strategy market has been uh, Company of Heroes. Uh huh. And I don't know how much experience you've got with Company of Heroes, John. Uh, not, not near as much as you, but I have played a good amount. Are they coming out with the uh, Company of Heroes too? I have not heard of this. They're coming out Dawn of War 2's expansion pretty soon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Company of Heroes has two expansions. Um. I have them both, and I have the regular game, and it is loads of fun. It's a World War II strategy game, but it it does away with every almost every common strategy game element, um, and adds in things like 
location-based damage on the tanks. Yeah. And, uh, like, shoot the engine behind, and it's going to be crippled, basically. Well, that and location-based damage on, v- on buildings. I mean, basically, you go into a city in this in Company of Heroes, and when the battle's over, it, you know, it might have been pristine when you started, and it's completely... Uh, <clears throat> Completely uh, torn asunder when it's over. Uh huh. But you know, in the certain things in that game really pushed um, pushed the you know I already said this pushed the genre forward, but they really did. Such as instead of just having your Dawn of War style, you're in a ditch. This means you're in cover, you know, and you're just standing there. In Company of Heroes, your guys actually take cover behind walls, and you can tell them to go in buildings, and they. You know, they react, and so if, like, a tank uh, yeah. shoots through the wall they're at, they will move to the sides because... They'll jump around for more cover. Exactly. <clears throat> but Company of Heroes is a lot of fun. I mean, I would highly recommend it. Um, there's something about it. I mean, it's just... it's uh, it, it takes the... the uh, Well, I'm not really sure what I'm trying to say here. Anyway, it's a lot of fun. You should play it. Uh, yeah. And then, I, I guess, to me, the next big thing, I know there's been Supreme Commander and World in Conflict, and I have not played Supreme Commander, World in Conflict was okay. Uh, to me, the next one was War, Warhammer 40,000 Dawn of War 2, which was, again, by Relic. So this is the third one in a row by Relic Entertainment. And yeah. that is a huge... That is basically an evolution of, of uh, two games. It's like Diablo 2, but it's also Company of Heroes. Um, have you, did you ever play any of Warhammer 40,000 Dawn of War 2, John? Uh, yes, I did. Oh, you did? I, I mean, not much past the, uh, demo and a little more, but, um, so I, you know, I have a good feel of the gameplay. Did you, did you beat the whole thing? The entire demo, yes. Oh, good, good. So you know a little bit. So you got the gist of things. Yeah. It does some really cool things, and they, you know, a lot of people said they took a huge risk to push the... To push a new genre, which was like real-time strategy role-playing type games. Yeah, because in in that game, the main difference in that is you, you know, it's the squad base like before, but your squads level a whole lot. As in, a oh. new squad is going to suck compared to a squad you've had sitting around and so playing you with. Have you have know, a few squads, and the thing is, there's a lot more direct action. So, in previous games, the only amount of direct action you have is maybe to tell a squad to do suppressing fire, to throw a grenade. In yeah. Battle War 2, you have a lot of direct attacks. You can tell them to jump into people, and you can tell them to use a special attack with a sword and so on. Uh, yeah. That I thought was a lot of fun, certainly. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, they're coming out with an expansion pretty soon for that game called Chaos mm-hmm. Rising, which adds the Chaos Army. Which will probably dominate everything online, as it does with Dawn of War 1. Maybe. Unless they toned it down a bit, because in Dawn of War 1, when you play online, yeah, the way it goes is the people that people that are nubs at it just play Space Marine, because that's the only thing they ever play. What? And unlike you, because you know how to play other races, people who really who want to challenge and kind of want to be unique play the Eldar. Um, people who just want... Hey, John, really, hey John, really, John. What do you play? <laughs> the Eldar. <laughs> and I was going to say, but, uh, and the people who really don't know what they're doing seem to play the orcs, because anyone who's ever an ally of mine plays an orc online is dead within five minutes. Uh, and then the people who just want to, you know, take over the world and get a star, play the chaos, because they have the most powerful units, basically. 
Well, there's... So, you know, you'll go into a match, and you'll, it'll be myself and, like, seven uh, Chaos. Yeah. And I'm like, woohoo. Again? <laughs> I think... I hate there's so much of this genre that we've missed over the years. I remember there's supposed to be some really good Lord of the Rings ones. I actually just remember we missed... We didn't talk about uh, Star, Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds, which was based yeah, off of Victor and Force 2. What's that? No, I mean, we didn't play that that much, though. Oh, yeah, we did. That yeah, was well, true, we did. Now, let's talk yeah, about, let's talk about we... the aspect of these games, and that is the map creator. So, how much... did I cannot remember how much map creating you did. I know it was a big deal for me. Lots. Yeah, that's your thought. Very much. I think that's one of the reasons that, that, um, that these type of games really stick for me. Yeah. It's because... I created my own scenarios so often in them. I, I remember back in, um, from my back in, like, uh, Empire, Earth, or Age of Empires, making a map that had, like, a massive forest in the middle, and each of you started on one side. So you wouldn't even get to fight each other until you got through, the, you cut through the woods. Yeah. You remember that, Paul? I do remember that. Oh, yeah, so that would add the implement of, you know, get into the game, and kind of, you can't even fight for, like, 20 minutes. So you have a lot of time to build up an army. And I really remember and enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I guess you can read the post I I wrote about Age of Empires. I absolutely loved, uh, map creation in those games. It's annoying to me that, that it's gotten much more complicated because to me, part of the charm of games like Age of Empires 2 and Empire Earth is that it was very easy to pick up and put down the map creator. Yeah. Um, the map creator in Company of Heroes, for instance, is is difficult. much deeper. And by much deeper, I mean it's much more difficult to figure out. There's not a, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, I like the map creator that I, that I used in Far Cry 2. I mean, it was it was there and you could figure it out, but it was not nearly as intuitive as you would have thought. You would think it was. Mm-hmm. Is in it's not made for you to put to, to pick up and in thirty minutes have an awesome uh, have an awesome map. Uh huh. But anyway, I guess we should wrap up the strategy talk there. But I want to keep going. <laughs> you can talk about this all day long. Yeah, I know. I'm trying. To, it's hard to talk about in the show in particular. <laughs> yeah, because you want to ramble on and on. Yeah, I'd like to sit on my rocking chair and reminisce about Age of Empires 2 all day long. Let me turn we'll do that when we're 90. The games I played when I was younger. Let me roll this my bombard cannon and monk on me and, <laughs> and convert you all. <laughs> and bombard to death all of you who don't convert. No converting. Oh, wow. I think, I think the monk's converting was... It's probably the most annoying thing about Age of Empires. You send a squad over and then look back a minute later and half of them would be fighting against you. The thing is, not only that, but in my custom scenarios, I love to set up um, basically an entourage that would go in and attack the enemy. So I would set up like a group of heroes. Yeah. And I always, never fail, made the mistake of putting monks in the other team. And so I'd walk in with all these great, you know... Uh, heroes, and all of a sudden, William the Conqueror is fighting me, and I'm like, why are you fighting me, William <laughs> the Conqueror? And uh, someone converted him to be red. 
<laughs> Not blue, red. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and with that, folks, we uh, will wrap up Contra Gas. John, where can people get in touch with you, and what can they, uh, where can they find out about what you're doing online? Oh yeah, you can get in touch with me at um, first, yeah, twitter.com slash j dot quietkowski. J dot what? J dot. You yes. changed it. Um, no, it meant underscore. <laughs> I apologize. Don't just on the technology. <laughs> and uh, Facebook at uh, Facebook slash John So Twitter is an un- a uh, underscore. Facebook is a dot. I'm not gonna lie, John. You should change that. I need to. In the research I have done, I have unveiled that. Unveiled. Okay, all knowing, all knowing, Paul. Uncovered that if you have okay. underscore, you receive thirty-three percent less followers than if you don't. Wait, do we, do we have a true fact? Do we have a Twitter account for Contracast? We don't because we don't. Because we don't. We should. Well, we should. I agree that we should. Well, I guess we should. I mean, get more followers, and then people can get updated when the show. Here, let me do. A maybe quick... we should. Maybe we should do that when um. When the show goes on, when we go live, you know, with video? Yes, oh, I meant to do that today. Well, it's not available, so if someone grabs it after listening to the show, I'll be very angry. Yes, we'll, we'll find out. I'll try and grab it after the show, and I think what we're going to do is next time we do a show, we'll try to do it live. Um, does that mesh with your guys' uh, expectations of the internet? That does. I think we'll be, the next time we do a show, we'll be either all back home or all at the uh, beach. Yeah, one of those places. Um, Thank you, Spring Break. <laughs> we'll figure out exactly what we're going to do. Um, and hopefully, like I said, we will come live. And uh, yeah. we'll figure out a comprehensive show notes, and it'll be a more structured show with titles <laughs> like, Big News of the Week! <laughs> and uh, another variant is that copy the instance and have Slappy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, structured shows. Yes. Uh, Mike, where can people find out about what you're doing online? People can follow me on twitter.com um, forward slash uh, Mike Pulowski, and um, I am uh, currently, um, how would you say, uh, hidden or whatever. People can't, you, you gotta ask to follow me, so I <laughs> should be changing that soon. Uh, I just never get around to it. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at ContraPaul. And my new website, like I said, is paul-quietkowski.com. I apologize for the hyphen in there, but it was 99 cents. And I didn't have $70 to pay for my actual name. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So let me know what you think about that. And let us know what you think about the show. Please leave us a review on iTunes. um, Extremely helpful. That would be great. You know, as far as getting... uh, Getting more reviews, that'd be awesome, because everyone, I think it's, I think you're gonna, you get more coverage when you have actually a uh, starred rating. Um, yeah. And so we're close to having enough to get a rating from iTunes, an average rating. Um, but we're not there yet. <laughs> so anything you could do would be helpful. And if you have anything to, uh, to add to the show, just, uh, respond to any of us or leave a comment on my blog on any given post, uh, especially the show notes post. And we'll get back to you, and hopefully we'll include your whatever it is in the show. Yeah. So, signing out for March 4th, 2010. Adios.